Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. Today I have Nancy McHale from Build a Project. And Nancy, I am so grateful you're here today to share your genius with us about project-based learning, something that I feel very strongly about. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So I have over, I've been in education for over 16 years from being a teacher to principal. And when I had kids, I stayed home with them and uh, really got to see that side of the other side of education, just working with my own children, the parenting side of it. So it really brought everything together. Um, I've worked with teachers and homeschool parents, coaching them and helping them really teach in a child-centered way through project-based learning and just other hands-on strategies. And I am the owner owner of Build a Project, where I create project-based learning resources and coach homeschool parents and educators to help them really enhance their teaching strategies to be able to reach all, you know, their learners, all, you know, different kinds of learners and teach in the most effective way. Awesome. So when you were in the classroom, um, how were you able to incorporate these projects? Was it easy to do or? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely took a lot of planning. So I always say that the, the heart, like the longest part would be the planning. And then once mm -hmm. you kind of hand it off to the students, it, it's a, it's a lot easier because they're doing the work. You're there more as a facilitator. So when I was a teacher and I would plan, like I did have a mentor that introduced me to project-based learning and guided me through this process of how to plan a project, what to think about, what to include. And she helped me plan out my first few projects in the classroom. But really how it went down was you know, I would go through kind of step by step and look at the standards that the kids had to, to learn. And the next unit, I would say, okay, how can I turn it into a project? What kind of problem can they solve about this topic that can make it applicable to them? And then I would create it from there and see what other ideas, lesson ideas would come up that tied into the project or the content that they were learning. I always also research ideas and, and find other activities. And then I would present it to the, the students and you know I would walk them through it and, and give them the materials and then help facilitate it. And the nice thing is that you know they're either working in a group or individually, but it there's it allowed for a lot of one-on-one -on -one time or small group interaction. So I could go to each student and like answer their questions while others were doing something else. So it really allowed for that flexibility and freedom. And the, the fact that it could reach different types of learners all at the same time, um, whether it be their level or their style of learning. 
Yeah, that's, that's one of the awesome things about projects is that you really do reach more kids that way. Now, when you bring that project-based learning into your home, how does that change, you know, for, for parents? It's, it's not just for, for schools. It is something that, you know, you have more flexibility, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there is absolutely more flexibility, even in the content or the way to go about it. I always, you know, if a parent is just starting out, I always recommend um, looking at the state standards just as a guideline. Um, but if that's not something they want to do, just coming up with like a goal or objective about the content that they want to teach their child. And so, yeah, there is more flexibility in that. And then also um, really just 100% tailoring it to that child, um, whether it be their learning style or even their interests. Like I always like to see how we can include the child's interest into the project in some way. Um, like my son, my oldest son loves basketball. So I always try to connect everything to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely a plus. And then also like, uh, if you have more than one child, you can do one project with all of them, but you might have to tailor some of it according to their level. Like if you have, let's say, a first grader and a third grader, obviously the third grader can do more of the research and write more things and, and maybe even help their siblings, whereas a first grader might have to do more drawing or, you know, writing one, one or two sentences. So it, you can teach all of it, teach the content, have them work towards the same end goal, but in a different way. Okay. I like that. I like that you can tailor it to each child, but also tailor it to their interests. And um, I, I really feel like something like that is makes it easier for you to realize your child's genius and help them realize it, bringing out uh, those different abilities that are already in, innate in your child and those interests that will just kind of light them on fire. Uh, what kind of projects have you created? Oh, I have a book over like 20 projects on my website. So they range for uh, from weather projects to Native Americans, probability and statistics, um, geography. I have a whole slew of different projects on different subjects. And I even have some interest-based ones like a fun movie night project or camping or a business, like coming up with your own business for kids. And so with all those projects, even the interest-based one, I attach learning to it. Like for example, for the movie night, kids have to research like why are concessions so much more expensive than the actual movie ticket sometimes, or, you know, they have to compare and contrast different types of theaters and they learn about profit and loss and like all those business terms. So you can absolutely, I always say you can tie anything into learning and, uh, and you just have to be creative with it. So it really you know, they get interested in it. That's, that's the goal. Like we have to make it meaningful and interesting for kids in order for them to actually want to learn and retain the information. Now, is this mainly for younger kids or also for older kids? 
I would say you can do it for all leveled kids. Like I've done it as young as preschool and I know high schools do it. So um, I, I haven't worked with high schools personally, but high school parents definitely our parents who have high schoolers have definitely incorporated project-based learning and in schools they do it as well. And my projects go from preschool to 10th grade. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now you help parents. Um, do you help parents with that creation process of different projects? Yes, I do. Um, so we'll work one-on-one to create like a customized curriculum for their child. And so we'll plan out exactly like what they have to learn um, for every subject. And then we come up with how they're going to teach it or implement it, whether that be through like just lessons or activities or a project. Like I always ask if they want to do a project because that is a little bit more planning, more involvement. But yeah, I do help them guide. I guide them through the process and plan it with them step by step. Okay. Now, how is doing a project better than doing like a curriculum, like an, you know, boxed curriculum, or, or is it in addition to doing a curriculum? Yeah. So I always say that project-based learning is more kind of like a supplement. So I think some, some subjects definitely need a curriculum like math. It's much easier to just follow a curriculum because there's so many, you know, little lessons that they have to do. Whereas maybe science, or history, there are usually like five to eight topics for the year that the kids have to learn. They could definitely follow curriculum and do projects, or they could even just do projects because it's kind of like, or like a unit study on it or something like that. So um, it's definitely like more of a hands-on way that they're learning it and not saying one or the other is better because there are obviously amazing curriculums out there, but it could be in lieu of, or in addition to that's, you know, it just depends like how the parent wants to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also depends on the child, I would think too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some kids aren't, don't like hands-on, you know, I have parents that they're like, oh, my kids would rather just read or, or something like, okay, that that's fine. Then let's plan around that, you know? Um, so it really depends. Yeah, no, I have, I have five boys and my first three were very similar learners. And then my fourth came along, I was doing so good in homeschooling and everything. And then it's like my fourth son had to be different. (laughs) (laughs) I had to totally change how I did everything. So, um, yeah. And having project-based learning is something that really, because it is adaptable, you can have it for several age groups. I love that. So can you give an example, like for, I know, um, I know you have a weather project. Okay. So if I had a kindergartner and a, um, a fourth grader, which is what I had with my first, my first four kids. Um, how, how would it be different? You know, how could we do it all together and throw in a couple in the middle too? So (laughs) So kindergarten, yeah. Second grade and fourth grade. I love this question. Um, because it just really highlights 
the benefits for project-based learning or like doing any kind of project because yeah, you totally can. Okay, so let's say I have a weather project and the weather project, the essential question is what kind of structure can you build to decrease heat in a sunlit area? Now, when I did this with all three of my kids um, in the pandemic, and well, like I had the two-year-old, he was just kind of doing whatever, like going along with it. But then I, I had the four, my four and six-year-old and I did it with them and they learned it and they did different things, but still learned kind of the same topic. So we uh, all did the, some of the things we all did together, some things they had to differentiate. So when I would talk about like teaching about weather or showing a video about it, then we would, that would be for everybody. If we did experiments, that was for everyone. Like I have some experiments in there with like shaving cream and oil and all that. Like, so we did that. Everyone took uh, the track, tracking the weather. That was everybody. Now, when it came to any kind of like reflection or answering a question or um, even, you know, more independent activities, that's where we had to differentiate. So whereas like the six-year-old could probably write, well, you mentioned fourth grade. So fourth grade could write maybe two paragraphs about answering a question, right? So that, that would be their assignment. And I have different prompts in there. Like I have several prompts. So they would have to write maybe a paragraph or two. So that would be their, their work. Or they would maybe have to do more of the research on their own where they we give them like certain questions for them to be able to research. So that would be the older ones would be more of the writing and the researching and they would be involved in all those fun activities as well. Whereas like the younger ones would do, would maybe answer a similar question but only be required to, depending on their level, right? Even one word or one sentence or two sentences. So like whatever they could do. And if they aren't even able to write or have a hard time with that, then even drawing a picture about it. And then even my, like the little, little ones could color a page about the topic. You know, like I did that recently with my four-year-old. Well, so when I was talking about two, four, six, that was during the pandemic. Now they're four, six, eight. <laughs> so <laughs> I recently did like an astronomy project with my four-year-old and six-year-old. And so the six-year-old was doing all the things. She was writing, she was doing everything. The four-year-old um, was coloring pictures of the planets and he was still watching the videos and, and everything. So he was involved, but in a different way. Um, so that is how you can kind of differentiate and and apply different skills within the same project. Oh, I love that. That's a great explanation. So thank you for that. Now, <laughs> I, I actually had a, 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 an issue like you did with a two-year-old, you know, how do you in include them? And I loved that you were able to even during the pandemic, you just had your two-year-old doing that yeah. because that is a challenge when you have a bunch of kids in your homeschooling, it is a big challenge. Mm -hmm. And I would look for things that I could include even the two-year-old in because yeah. um, that was hard. And then I had four, you know, my four older boys. And then seven and a half years later, I had my youngest. And so I was tagging him along and yeah, constantly trying to find that, yeah, you know, that thing. So 
projects can be fun, even if it's like, okay, show me, you know, go get the blue crayon for your big brother, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, one thing I also wanted to add, like, for example, yeah. as an example for like that end result for the project. So like the, like to remind you, the essential question was how to decrease heat in a sunlit area. So like my four-year-old now, he did that. He answered that question by building blocks and he had like Olaf there to like cover him <laughs> with blocks and he did it and it was it was like other questions came out of it which was really cool because he kind of created a barrier around Olaf so he was like how do I get him out now you know <laughs> so it was really really cool to see that and then but then the fourth grader could build like more of a sophisticated structure with popsicle sticks or you know a cardboard cardboard or something like that so even that is the same question but like you can you can um, apply it differently yeah now, I like that too because you're really giving the kids the opportunity to think and reason rather than just following instructions which I think a, a lot of our challenges today are because kids, to be honest, even adults don't know how to think through something. They don't see the consequences to their actions where your two-year-old figured out the consequences to his actions. He couldn't get Olaf out, you know, <laughs> I had to rethink it. Yeah. No, yeah. it's so true. I mean, I feel like, especially in today's world where you know, kids and teenagers are, and even us as adults, we're, we're getting sucked into it where it's like immediate gratification answers. We, we need an answer. We'll just Google it. Like it's, everything is right there at our fingertips at all times. And, yeah. you know, the, the chance to reflect, to think about like, a, like problem solve and, and all of those things, it becomes, covered up by all of these immediate gratification ways, right? So this does allow for children to know that there are other possibilities and that they have, they can have the answers, but they just have to think about it and like plan it out and, and all of that. So it does help in that way tremendously. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's, and doing it in a fun way. In a fun way, I think anytime you can have fun, yeah. you increase learning. For sure, 100%. And including food. I love to include food. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun and they, kids love it. I mean, we love it. I mean, I love food, so I, I understand it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, when you go into the kitchen and you take your child in there, you know, making cookies, it's a science experiment, a science project. Um, it, it's a math project. I mean, there's all different ways to do it. Oh, for so. sure. And then you, they could write about it at the end. So then you're including yeah. writing in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely. And then when they get older, you just, you can talk to them about ratios and, you know, okay, create your own, uh, yeah. create your own recipe and, and do that. It's, it's a lot of fun that way. Right. Um, if someone wanted to create a project, 
what resources do you have to help them do that? Well, I do have a couple of resources that are instant. So I have a project planning page on my website that helps kind of walk you through that process. Mm -hmm. I also have um, a workshop that um, that's already pre-recorded that's on my website. And um, those would be like the, the first two options. And then the third option would be working with me to create projects. And kind of like, I would walk you through and plan a project, help you plan a project for your, for, you know, a, your child. Okay, awesome. Awesome. And you could do it for any age group or any age. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Uh, and are these projects that you could create, I'm assuming you could do it for, a, you know, like an age range yes. for family? Yeah. So I've had um, families where they have multiple children and we'd have to like plan out what each child is going to do within that project. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we would just come up with different strategies. Like I explained earlier on, yeah. you know, how some could read, some could draw, you know, it just depends on their level. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you can actually put together the projects for that wide range. That's, that's great. Cool. Well, can you share your website? I will definitely put a link, but can you also just um, tell us now? Yes, of course. So um, my website and all the information on there is at buildaproject.net. And I'm also very active on social media. I always post like tips and videos. Um, I have, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook at Nancy McHale edu. And, uh, yeah, anytime you want to message me or email me, nancy at buildaproject.net, I'd love to get in touch with you and answer any questions that you might have. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And I will definitely put those links and, uh, and then you also have a, uh, a presentation on the Realizing Genius Conference as well. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your, sharing your genius today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Realizing Genius podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.